Have you ever wondered why it's difficult to give your attention, energy, and take action on what matters the most to you? Or to speak up with clarity from the best part of yourself? If that's you, then you're in the right place. The follow-through formula is dedicated to providing daily inspiration for you to follow through on the real you. Hi, this is Rick Lewis with the Follow Through Formula Podcast. This is episode number seven, a short week after I began this podcast. And first, thank you to all of you who have been listening to the episodes and sending your support. I'm so, I feel so supported and helped in this process. It It's definitely been and is still a leap of faith to be putting this out every day, but the messages I'm receiving back on the value it's providing and the inspiration and movement is makes every single bit of the effort worth it. And I thank you so much for tuning in and listening to these episodes and subscribing and especially leaving reviews. Um, it, it's having an effect in the iTunes search engine. The podcast is becoming more visible to more people. The downloads are increasing daily. And that is wonderful because my whole intention with this is to reach more ears with the follow through formula message about attending to what matters most in our lives. Um, so I wanted to talk today about what I'm calling the number one fail point of follow through. Why don't we follow through? Why is it so common that we feel inspired to some new project or vision or a relationship with somebody that we want to build or grow or sustain or even repair something we want to learn um, a gain we want to make even if we just are committing to I'm tired of being poor or I'm tired of being of carrying extra weight around that I don't need whatever it is that we get these sparks of we, we see a door open and we're like I want that so why don't we follow through and in my own observation of my myself and others here's the point at which I think we get stuck which is pretty invisible it seems pretty obvious when when I think about it and it might to you as well when I mention it but it's still hidden and here's what I think it is I think the reason we don't follow through is because we don't commit I mean really commit to what it is we say we're going to do and that lack of commitment is twofold on one side the lack of commitment is represented by a weak articulation of the goal and the commitment 
So literally, language is so important and so powerful. If we don't put into words for ourselves as though we were somebody else, if we don't put into words and say what we're going to do and by when we're going to do it, we immediately vastly reduce our chances of following through because we haven't given ourselves clarity about what we're following through on. So that's one side of it is articulating with clear language what we say we're going to do and when that's going to happen. And now I just completely forgot. I'm sitting here, you know, I get into these modes and I'm like, okay, I wait until I think I know what I want to talk about and it's clear. And then I say, okay, I'm ready to do the podcast. And I go and I sit and I'm hyper-focused, really wanting to just clearly communicate where I'm going with this. It's worked pretty good so far, but I just totally dropped. So there were two parts. Somebody remind me, like psychically, from the future, you know, remind me, what was it? I was saying, um, because... So there are two parts of the not committing. And the first part is we don't clearly articulate. Well, that's all I can remember right now. So I'll come back to it. If I remember the second part, maybe it won't even be important. So we don't follow through because we don't commit and we don't articulate what the commitment is. And this is, this is the important point anyway, without even having to remember what that second part is. Why don't we commit? Because we're afraid of finality. There's a part of us that thinks, if I make that commitment, what if things change? Or what if I change my mind? We are essentially wired for growth. We're wired to evolve and grow and change. That's what every single one of us wants. We want to be unfolding and emerging into the new person we're supposed to be each day. And so there's something, I think, instinctually that instinctually that feels uh, scary or constraining by the idea of committing. And because we know we need to grow, I think that's a point at which we kind of get stuck. We balk at making the commitment. So what's the alternative? The alternative is commitment combined with the ability to course correct and the knowledge that we're going to have to course correct all the way along. Oh, I remembered it now. Ha ha. I remembered what the second thing was. So the two parts of commitment is one, we need the language because that gives us clear operating instructions for what it is we're going to do. It makes it measurable. But the second part of that is we need the language because we need to tell 
other people as well. Not always. It's not always appropriate to go broadcasting, you know, what you're going to do to everybody, especially people who, who don't care or who are not involved. But sometimes the commitment involves people. And sometimes we want to involve people because, because having other people be witness to our commitment helps us to be accountable to what it is we're bringing forth inside of ourselves. And if we're bringing forth a passionate part and we're showing it to others and we're saying, hey, look, this is important to me, then they can help us re-recognize ourselves if we forget. So that was the second part. So now the thing about course correction is difficult because when we make a commitment and we make a stand and we say, this is what I'm going to do and this is by when I'm going to do it, if we have to course correct, then we come up against a tremendous sense of vulnerability because you know, if I, if I stand up and like I've done here and I said, I'm going to do 21 days of podcasting in a row, 21 days in a row of recording a podcast. And the reason I'm doing that is because it forces me to keep my attention on this conversation. That is so important to me. And by committing to the podcast, I'm now drawn to do it each day because I've made that commitment and I've made that commitment to those of you who are listening and now getting enrolled in the importance of this conversation. But what happens if after, you know, this is day seven, I got another 14 to go. What happens if on day 16 or day 19 or day 11, I totally lose it or I, I can't think of anything to talk about or I get sick or whatever happens. So, and, and because I know that's a possibility, I've been very nervous about making that commitment. It's really hard to stand up and go, this is what I'm going to do publicly and say, this is what's important to me. I was listening to one of Brene Brown's, uh, Brene Brown's podcasts. She's got a a podcast now, I believe it's called Unlocking Us. And, you know, of course, Brene Brown is brilliant. So there's a lot of really great stuff in her podcasts. And she was talking about the shame workshops she used to run. And she described how in these workshops, which were three-day workshops, the first day was always this kind of high because people were coming in and going, wow, we're going to do this very important work about shame and getting and dealing with shame and getting past shame, um, being okay with shame. And so the, the energy in the room was very positive and very high. And the last day was the day where they've, you know, done some big work and they're in the home stretch and everyone is feeling that kind of push to the finish line of this important work. And what she said was day two was always hell. Day two was always hell because day two is where the real work was getting done. And you're no longer in the honeymoon phase. You're you're far enough away from the start line and into the real work that you're you're kind of 
left out to sea on your own, figuring out how to get through it, and you're not close enough to the finish line to feel the the push and the motivation to like push through to the end. And she said this really interesting thing about day two and why it was so hard, because when the real work is in front of you, she said, every person unconsciously asks themselves this question when the real work is at hand. And the question is, how can I possibly get through this without being vulnerable? How can I get from where I am to where I need to go without getting vulnerable? And of course, the answer to that is you can't. You can't make the kind of big shift. You can't transform yourself from the person who doesn't follow through to the person who does follow through without being vulnerable. And that all ties into this need to accept that we must commit and we have to open ourselves up to the possibility that we will not be able to fulfill our commitment or that we're going to have to modify our commitment based on what reality feeds back to us after we make the commitment. But follow through is a conversation with reality. And the first words are, the, the beginning of that conversation is started by us. We say to reality, here's my commitment. And then, either immediately or over time, reality responds to our statement of commitment. And because we want to actually do the thing we want to do in reality, we have to have this conversation with reality. And a conversation is not a one-way thing. It's a back and forth. It's, it's a give and take. So we, we make our statement of a commitment and then we listen. What is reality saying back? And if reality says, that doesn't work for me, it doesn't work for me that you're going to work 15 hours a day every single day and not spend any time with your kid. That doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for me that you're going to push yourself so hard exercising to get in shape that you actually break down and um, undermine your physical stamina rather than build it up. That doesn't work for me. So we have this conversation and the vulnerability that we might have to shift is part of the reason why we don't make the commitment and therefore cannot follow through. So this whole this whole thing that I started a week ago and putting out the conversation of I want to I want to build this community. I want to bring a group of people together to work on this issue and support each other to be able to follow through to learn how to have the conversation with reality about our commitments and to dance with that so there's magic in our lives so we're growing and unfolding and so I made that commitment and yet I, I, I put this out for the first time six days ago that 
I'm, I, I'm opening up opening up this community and I've got the sales page up for it and uh, nobody nobody did anything I didn't get any response there were no signups there were no I have a couple possible ways to engage on that page and and I got nothing nothing came back and so I was like all right I might have to modify what I'm doing. This may not work, but I, I'm com- what I'm committed to is to continuing to have the conversation. My job is not to make results happen. It's not to my job is not to make people sign up. It's to be as authentic and committed as possible to what I see is needed for me and other human beings and then be patient and see what happens. So just in the last few days, people are beginning to sign up for the course. People are actually coming in the door and saying, I want to do this work and I want to do it in community. I'm ready. Let's go. And that's thrilling to me. That's so exciting. It's very, it's very gratifying to have people listening to these ideas in the podcast in and of itself, but to say, yeah, let's do this work together. I'm just, I'm thrilled about that. So I was, I was doubting, I was wavering and yet, uh, I'm, so I'm listening on one hand, I'm staying with my process and I will course correct if I need to, but the course correction at this point is going to happen once people, other human beings enter the frame of this conversation. And what we're going to do in this very first launch of the course and in the community is we're going, I'm going to be listening to you about what you need. I've got a lot of tools and I've got a lot of uh, background in ways that I've used and ways I can support you to learn how to follow through consistently. But everything I offer is going to be up for feedback, modification, what works. And especially in this very first group, that's going to be crucial that we're going to be in this together and figuring out as we go, what are the, what are the most useful resources and reference points and knowledge and education and habits that you need to be able to do this. Um, And I'll have an announcement on some course correction at the end of this because I've been announcing the domain name where you can go sign up and that's changed because I had a whole bunch of technology issues that kept me occupied for most of the day today, which is totally not on my my plans, but... (laughs) So, so what we're talking about here, and this is where I want to, I want to tell you another story. And for those of you who have been listening along, you know that in my previous life as an entertainer and speaker for corporate events, I do an act where I dress identically to the serving staff and I pose as a waiter during the meal who gets more and more odd and eccentric over the course of the meal and turns out to be the surprise keynote speaker. It's a very fun, funny, interesting piece of theater. It gets people totally 
catches them off guard and then we get to talk about what just happened how did you respond to this unusual circumstance so the story is about something that happened years ago I was doing the waiter routine and I had been hired by a association that was based around psychiatry and this event was being attended by about 300 professionals in the field of mental health most of whom were actual psychiatrists so I was going table to table overfilling water glasses and tripping and falling down with stuff and trying to take people's food away uh, before they had as they had barely started on their meal just being completely eccentric not not in any way aggressive violent dangerous just odd as can be so I'm going around doing this table to table to all these psychiatrists and I could see the look on their faces by the end of that meal most of the audience had a clinical diagnosis for my condition <laughs> never in the history of humanity has any one person been subject to as much free diagnosis as I got over the course of that meal they weren't saying it to me out loud but I could see them tabulating I could see their wheels turning trying to figure out you know okay what's what's happening with this dude here so I go through the whole meal and when I do this waiter routine my last blunder usually involves tripping over a tray of metal plate warmer covers and so I, I trip over, I, I put out a tray jack stand with metal plate warmer covers and I pretend to blunder into it. So all these metal covers go flying. I fall down on, onto the floor. The metal plate covers are making this racket. And then I make a big production of trying to get myself up off the floor and collect all the things that I've scattered all about. One of the guests one of the psychiatrists who'd been watching me very carefully throughout the meal leapt out of his seat came over to where I was sprawled out on the ground and picked me up oh, he was a big man he just lifted me he lifted me right off the ground I'm not small I'm almost six feet tall I'm 185 pounds he lifted me up and he had a very tight grip on my arm he swung me around and made very deliberate eye contact with me and he said are you okay now at this point all 400 people in the ballroom had gone completely silent and were watching us at the front of the room you could have heard a pin drop they're all watching us and I didn't want to give away yet that I'm I'm the uh, speaker I didn't want that to be known so very quietly under my breath I said to him yeah I'm okay he said are you sure that that was a pretty bad fall maybe you want to come over and sit down for a minute now at, he was clearly functioning in a professional capacity at this point and so I tried to counter this 
by looking at him with a very level expression and I repeated, really, I'm okay. He said, well, you may feel okay, but I think it might be a good idea if you and I went for a little walk. Now, at this point, I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I could see where this was headed. And, and since I didn't particularly want to be placed in a headlock, I decided I've got to level with this guy. I've got to tell him what's actually going on or he's going to drag me out of this room. So I dropped character completely and I just told him the truth. Again, very quietly, I'm whispering. I said to him and I'm looking him straight in the eyes with as much presence as I can, which came off with a kind of intensity, I'm sure. And I just said to him, I'm a performer. I've been hired by your association management to do a comedy show. I'm about to go on stage and start a juggling routine. I was somehow under the impression that once I said that, that was going to clear everything up. But that's not what happened. There was a long pause while I waited for him to release his grip, but instead, he looked even more deeply into my eyes, tightened his hold on my arm, and said, I understand. Come with me. The director who hired me, who was sitting in the audience, the director of the association, and she had been keeping all this secret because my act is a surprise. She realized what was happening. She got out of her chair. She came over and she walked up to the guest and she put a hand on his shoulder. She said, Frank, excuse me. I hired this man. He's our speaker. And at that point, the the poor gentleman's hands, he, he released his grip on my arm and his arms slowly dropped to his side and he looked at me with this complete look of dismay and betrayal as though we had just told him that he was not the natural born son of his parents and he was just learning this at age 60. That, that would have been about the the look appropriate to hearing that news. But what we had just told him, what we, what finally registered for him is actually, I'm not a person who needs an intervention. Now, this is a very, it's a very poignant story. It's even more poignant because he, he looked down at his shoes and He turned away and he walked out of that ballroom and he did not come back for the rest of the event. He didn't even hear the keynote. He couldn't process what had just happened. And I offer the story because it's an example of the difference between a commitment defense and a commitment context. If we adopt commitment as a defense against reality, against other people, against accepting that things change or that we have limits or that we're fallible and we don't always have perspective or that we might not always be in control or be right, a commitment defense 
puts us in a position where making that commitment is it handcuffs us. A commitment defense is not follow through. What that gentleman was doing, even though I have no question that he's ultimately well-meaning, probably really good at his job, and he wanted to jump in and help. However, when we get new information, when new perceptions and new realizations and facts and data are presented to us, we have to be vulnerable enough to be able to shift and then follow through at that point is to work in that conversation with reality and get to where it is we were meant to go from the very beginning. We couldn't have gotten there without the commitment. The commitment is needed to get to that ultimate wonderful and magical place. But if it's a commitment of defense, then we're not going to make it. If it's no commitment at all, we're also not going to make it. What's going to get us to that magical endpoint is a commitment context where we're willing to make a strong stand, a statement, a clear statement. We're willing to show up and go, this is my intention. And then we start dancing in partnership to what really is so and then we see where we get to and that my friends is the reason I'm doing this because that feeling of of being in that kind of relationship to life is the best thing in the world to me it's what being human is all about so I think that covers this idea that I wanted to talk about of the the number one fail point of follow through and in our new community we're going to learn how to keep this dynamic alive the commitment context alive and well as we move through life so we can be active dynamic flexible bright and responsive to what comes back now i described that um i the uh domain that i have been putting out for sign up has changed so the life leap dot app is no longer life leap now is on the games for confidence website and it's intimately related to the games for confidence project which i've been doing for years and so it's actually a good home for it so if you go to gamesforconfidence.com on the top menu, it'll say Life Leap, and I put it all in caps so you can easily pick it out from the, in the menu line there. Gamesforconfidence.com, and the header is Life Leap. You want to click on that link, and that will take you to the page that's got, I've got a ton of information on there now. All sorts of background information on the course itself, uh, a bunch of question and answers, the pricing. Keep in mind, 
the period that I'm in right now is the founding members launch. So the course starts on November 1st. I launched this early this week and we're in the founding member launch period. So right now the course is as cheap as it's ever gonna be. I'm gonna be working my butt off to make sure that all of you have what you need to be successful in the course. And you are going to be working along with me to help me make the course the best it could possibly be for other people to come in the future and for you in future if you want to reuse the system and the course because you'll have access to it for always. So that's why the course fee is lower than it's going to be in future. It's not going to be an expensive course ever, especially in future. But right now, the pricing you see on the page is going to be the lowest price it's ever going to be because we're going to be doing this together, you and I in conversation and make this happen. So from today, which is by the time this is uh, published, that means it'll be Thursday, October 15th. And for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the founding members price is available. So if you sign up between now and Sunday, you'll be in at that price. If you still have more questions, if you scroll all the way to the bottom of that landing page, that sales page, you're going to see a calendar with a link to a bunch of slots. I've blocked off a few hours every day on the 15th, 16th, 17th, and 18th of October to have short conversations. So you can just go in and you can book a slot to talk to me directly. If you've got questions, you want to ask me something about how the course works or whether it's right for you, or you just want to talk about what your goal is, or you don't even know what your goal is, but you know there's something inside of you and you want help figuring out what that is, just book a time and I'd be, I would love to speak with you directly about what you have in mind. So um, that is... Now, if you're listening to this podcast and it is past these dates of October 15th to 18th in the year 2020, then just refer to the landing page. There, there will be a new set of launch dates on the landing page and a new set of um, conversation dates that I'll have in my calendar because probably each time we launch, I will do this. I will put up I will post a new opportunity to have these conversations in my calendar on that page. And if you don't see the calendar there, it's because I had a conversation with reality and had to remove it. So that's the way it goes. <laughs> that's the way the cookie crumbles. There you go, everybody. Um, thanks again for listening. If you're enjoying this, subscribe, keep listening please leave a review. It's really helping me reach more people. Um, I'm here. I'm excited to see you all entering the course at this point. And on we go. I will be uh, back tomorrow, hopefully. That's my intention. <laughs> That's my declared commitment. We'll see what happens. All right. Take care. <laughs>
Hey, thanks for being here and being a die-hard listener down to the last decibel. My vision for these conversations is that you get informed and inspired to take consistent action on the real you. If these podcasts help you to do that, I'm thrilled. And if you'd like to take that work to the next level, I invite you to join me inside the Life Leap community, where I'm creating a culture and a support network for those who want to pursue what matters most in their lives. To learn more, just go to gamesforconfidence.com and click on the Life Leap menu item. I'd love to see you on the inside, and otherwise, I'm sure we'll meet again in another episode.